Alrighty, here we go. Take two. Welcome to the Stellar Pod, episode one. I am your host, A.B. Stitt. I am the founder, the owner of Stellar Space. It is my multimedia company where I will venture into different things such as fashion, photography, podcasting, hopefully some investing, just all the business ventures that I could really want to hope and accomplish, I'll use Stellar Space to get into. The vision is to one day make enough money to live financially free. I'm uh, very big on philanthropy. Hopefully, you know, one day I can kind of live off the fruits of my labor and be able to give back to the community. That's a big thing for me. I would say for the podcast, it'll just be me and the guests. We'll be discussing various topics, letting the conversation flow. I'm a big believer in flow, so I want I want things to just just go with the flow. Right off the bat, my first guest, I have Matthew Hassenplug, and from here, Matt, if you would like to introduce yourself and go, you know, introduce yourself, who you are, where you're from, where where you are right now, and like why you're here. And maybe just mention a little bit of why you wanted to get into podcasting. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Stitt. Um, my name is Matt Hassenplug. I am a Marine out here in Okinawa, Japan. Uh, I met you out here at both of our first duty stations. We're down on Camp Kinzer out here playing basketball. We both love sports and it just kind of drug us together. I remember... What really got us started on podcasting was we were just driving in a car. I don't even know. I don't even remember where we were going, and we. I was just like, we should record what we're saying, and from there we just took it. And you really ran with it, ran with the Stellar Space brand, and it's really awesome to see what it's turning into, and how we can both push it forward in the future. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, can I, so real fast, what about our conversations made you think this should be a podcast? What exactly was it? What, what did it? I think for me, it was the high level of communication we were able to have with each other while, while laughing, while exposing different topics that for men our age I think we can both agree that a high percent of them would find value in what we were conversing about and have a good laugh along with it. Yeah, definitely, you know, still working on the comedic aspect of it, but we, we definitely have good conversations. Uh, I, I agree that there's, there's a little bit of intellect into it. Uh, it's fun to be able to converse about things that, that you're truly passionate about. It's fun to have somebody that is passionate about the same things as you are. And the great thing about podcasting and the internet in general is, I know I, know I mentioned this to you before, but when with, with all the media in the world today, people like, they don't, they don't have that old school feeling of community and with, without it, you know, it's a very, it's a very lonely world. But through the internet, it's kind of cool to see how 
you can find different podcasts like Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, investing, like news, the Supreme Court, you know, anything that relates to my job. Like I, I just find myself listening to podcasts all the time and it, it, it kind of, it doesn't substitute for like real conversation, but it's better than nothing. And I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty great. It's definitely a new way to look at media. And we talked about this the other day and long form, uh, what's the word? Long form learning podcasts, books. It was very interesting to see my brother specifically. He met a friend playing Xbox and he would have never met him in the real world, but meeting him online, they literally, they made a digital connection and then later met in person. And it was like they knew each other the whole time. And I think that aspect of it is very interesting in how technology and media is changing relationships. Yeah. Now I I know the other day I was telling you about that, that meme I was, I was seeing it and I've been looking for it on Instagram, but I haven't been able to find it, but it was something along the lines of like where you go through life and you go through levels and it's basically said as you're leveling up and like your frequencies are vibrating higher, you gotta, you gotta cut loose that dead weight that's holding you back. And for the first time I've seen that meme, like a shit ton in my life. And I, I had never really seen too much into it because yes, I was, trying to do good for myself but I wouldn't say that at any point like I was actually rising I never felt like I was truly improving to the point where that had any sort of say to me but recently just just from our discussions uh, just the the motivation I get and knowing that I am moving in that direction in my life now I, when I the last time I saw it it hit me and I was like damn like there's 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 some people there's some habits, there's some physical locations that I kind of got to leave behind because I'm entering a new stage in my life. Like with my boxing shoes, like it's a new, it's a new era, baby. Things are changing and changing in a good way. And I, I'm, I'm ready to leave behind certain things that should have probably been cut off from my life for a while now, but I'm definitely, you're definitely a part of the future. I see great, I see great things building from here. So I think that's pretty sick. I, I would definitely agree with that. And I I know the – I haven't seen that exact meme, but I know the message you're trying to get at because I think we've talked about this. And it's really started to hit, like you said, the past probably pr- probably about a year, right? That's That's when we've started really trying to grow. And just seeing the people that are not where – I see myself, and I think the quote that hits hardest sometimes is, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And so surrounding myself with people like you and people that are going to push me forward, I think is so crucial at a time where community is not everywhere. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why my mind just went to this. But I was just started when you were saying that. Like, I just started thinking about like Chat GPT. But recently, dude, it's getting crazy what things can do out here because 
they could totally uh, for I've been doing statistics. They have a uh, calculators that are doing like this crazy freaking math for me, like finding like standard deviations and like things of that nature. Standard deviations giving me I can give it a data set. It'll give me like the mean, mode, median, which are just things you need to find. Like all these different things in statistics, and it, it's kind of it is crazy where the direction that society is headed. I don't. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. I would. I would agree with that. I haven't come to a conclusion yet. I think some of it's becoming easier and some of it's becoming harder. In the fact that our generation is so reliant on technology that technology can do so much, right? ChatGPT. We've we've played with that. It can make you a freaking itinerary for a travel in seconds that would take you taking you a whole night to do. Right. But then on the other hand of that is if the technology goes down, I've seen this at work. Sometimes you just, you lose your mind. You're like, Oh, what am I going to do? I, I can't get on this computer. I can't figure it out. And I've seen it with, with some Marines out here where they just, they're so technology. Like you can't even go, an hour without being on your phone or something like that. Right. You get what I'm trying to say. And it just, it's, it's pretty shocking. Yeah. Uh, Speaking, speaking of, uh, what, uh, chat GPT's capabilities. So one thing that I did right before recording this, because I was so hyped and in the moment, uh, one thing chat not chat gpt necessarily could do but ai could do with have you seen the the ai that creates pictures yes so the the ai that creates pictures so when when i was setting up the show it was asking me for like a a photo and right now i have the my the stellar photography uh logo as well as the stellar space logo but wow one is like a stellar pod logo because you know just got to keep building the brand so i had sure. i had to hit up g yeah, I had to hit up G. I was like, hey, I got another commission for you. He hasn't hit me back yet, but I, I don't know. If he doesn't want to do it, if he doesn't want to do it, I might just have to hit up like one of those AIs and just say, help me create this dope logo for my podcast. And yeah, play with it. Like, I play with it a little bit at one point. I think I was telling you this. And learning how to use technology is... Instead of learning how to draw, you just learn how to use technology, right? You're still learning how to do something. It's just technology can amplify how fast and how many you can do. Yeah, no, most definitely. It's, it's really cool to see what what's uh, what it's coming down to, even though people like you want to just be cheaters with it. But you know, <laughs> we'll leave that we'll leave that out of the discussion. Um, what it can't do is help you with the weekly pick'em. Matt, when are you oh, gonna send me the pick'em? Oh yes. Well, I gotta, I gotta get in on that. I would. Why haven't, why haven't I been sent the template yet? I got so tomorrow morning. So again, we are in Okinawa, so the game starts at like what nine thirty a.m. I think for us. Is that the deadline? And- yeah, you got to get in before then. So I'll send it to you tomorrow morning when I get into work. 
and the contractor down on Camp Kinzer for us, he he runs it. And I, I hit him up. I was like, hey, like, you get my picks? Uh, I got someone else trying to join. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. More people, the more money I can take. It's Mr. Kevin. <laughs> Mr. Kevin. And I'm like, I'm like, Mr. Kevin, don't do this to me, man. The shit talking starts already, and I love it. What's his? What's Mr. Kevin's NFL team? He is born and raised New Louisiana, New Orleans. Oh my he god, just, disgusting! I just, oh man, I made so much fun of him last year when they had their carousel of quarterbacks. Well, who they start? They started. Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, and someone else. I think it was Ian Brooke, the Notre Dame guy. Yeah. Did you did what? you tell him to did you did you talk to him today? I did. We we did our did college you tell him, Did okay, so that that's what I'm gonna have to do. Next time I see him, I'm gonna or if I ever get into the position to be able to speak to Mr. Kevin, I'm gonna have to let him know that yes, the Carolina Panthers have a all-time win percentage above the New Orleans Saints because they're booty cheeks. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think – Because – so we, me and him do a, like a, a separate three-team college football pick em. And so I went with Purdue. He went with Fresno State because that's who they play week one. He went with LSU. I went with FSU because that's who they play. And so we need a third game to, like, break the tie, right, in case it's even. Mm. So we went with the Battle of the Carolinas in week one. Mm. Who is your pick? North Carolina, South Carolina. Did you make the right choice that I did? North Carolina, University, University of North Carolina versus University of Southern Carolina? Yeah, the Gamecocks versus the Tar Heels. That's... You know, I would – I got to go with the Tar Heels. I went with the Tar Heels, and I like where your head's at. Uh, I think I that baby blue is just – It's not as good as the new process blue, though. That new and, process blue for the Panthers is sexy. I think it just blends well with, like, the white – I always like white pants on football jerseys. The The UNC blue, for me, it's too powdery. It's too powdery. It's almost, it looks like it belongs on like a basketball court. And I think this game, like this game, is going to be between two of the probably top twenty quarterbacks in the country. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Drake May and uh, Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler plays at, for he's the game. Still Cops. playing? Yeah, he's still kicking and screaming. Now, dude, for some reason, I thought he played for, like, Arizona or, like, New Mexico. He played for Oklahoma for two years. Uh, I did know I did know he plays with Oklahoma. He's not the one with the really long, wavy hair, is he? He's the guy, like, I don't know if it's considered albino. Does he have, like, albino. super long hair? No, no. You're talking, no, he's got, like, curly. He looks super pale. Yeah, no, I, I know, I know, who you, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I got it. Yeah. No, I, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, two top twenty quarterbacks, but neither one of them is uh, Bryce Young. And uh, who's the uh, CJ Stroud? No, no, I'm thinking about the guy that plays for UW. Oh, Penix. Yeah, Penix. 
he's, he's yeah, I think he's pretty solid. He could have a good year. But I mean, speaking of quarterbacks, we all know who the best quarterback in Okinawa is. Yes, you are speaking to him. Uh, thank you, thank you very much, Matt. Yeah. Unfortunately, you cannot throw the ball further than twenty yards, and when you do try, it's an interception. So we're not. I d- I don't even think we need to go into there. You know, I, this your boy threw a sixty-yard dot, and uh, you didn't. So we'll, we'll just we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. Definitely disappointed that that typhoon pushed that tournament to back. I was ready to show you who the real team to beat out here was. No, wait. So, were you the one that just said somebody? It was either in the chat or somebody just said. But why did they push? Why did they continue pushing it back after the the typhoon's not happening anymore? Yeah, I just brought that up. I was like, the typhoon might not even hit, and they already pushed it back. I think they're trying to do it in anticipation, but I. I think they pulled the trigger a little too early. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think the 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 wing commander from the from the get go was just not in the right headspace because it was never even supposed to be close to Okinawa, anyways. Like it was good to put us in like T core status because you know the weather's unpredictable, but it was never supposed to be even be close to Okinawa. Like it, it wasn't. I was looking at the forecast; it never even touched Okinawa. It missed by like like hundreds of miles. Yeah, we're in T core two right now. I think. Which means it's supposed to be within 24 hours. I, I just know that today during Chow, in anticipation, because I was told I wasn't going to go to work tomorrow, I went and I, because last, last typhoon I tried to get some alcohol, but they wouldn't sell it to me. So today I bought a big bottle of gin, some, some tonic water, and a, a really tasty looking four pack of stout. So I you guess that, now I'm just going to have alcohol in my. The color changing one? No, they only sell that one out in town. They don't have that at the. Uh, if they had it at the commissary, I would probably be an alcoholic. <laughs> oh, speaking about alcohol, so I got my my answer back from the uh, CLR thirty seven prevention team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got. I ended up getting selected for the suicide prevention. Okay. I thought that was pretty dope. Uh, it, it was funny because I got it before Ch- – no, I got it after Chow. And it would have been hilarious if I got put on the substance abuse prevention. And at <laughs> Chow, I went and bought like an entire bottle of gin with a four-pack of beer. And I still have half a bottle of like apples, crown, crown apple in my – like, yeah, it, it would have just been ironic. It was kind of funny. Oh, that's, that's freaking hilarious. It's definitely interesting – especially in Okinawa, being that it's a relatively small island, seeing how people polarize from the sports players we see to the alcoholics we see out here. Yeah, and um, I'm super – so my next, my first meeting as part of the prevention team is going to be on the 21st. I think it'll be super fun. I'm, I'm going to do, like, real research. Like, this is basically, like, a school project for me because, you know, I'm going to be using it for graduate school, so – I have to, I have to try, I have to get like, I have to blow the socks off of every one of them and just make them, when when I put them down as references, I want them to tell everybody like, Hey, this kid might not be good at math. Actually, hold on a second. Check, check. This man might not be good at math, but he's, he, he does good work. So I'm, I'm going to like, I'm going to go full blown. Like I'm going to be in the archives of like the UMGC library. I'm going to be looking for a, how do we effectively prevent suicide? Obviously, sports gonna be huge. Freaking 
I'm going to be pushing. So here's my first idea. My first idea is we're in Okinawa, bro. Freaking the traffic out here is terrible. For those that don't know, there's freaking, I don't even know. I couldn't give you a statistical number on the amount of traffic accidents, but it's getting so bad that they're making, they're making like real policy changes to prevent junior Marines at, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. It's pretty bad. Freaking. So one of my, one of my first ideas is I, I, th- I believe sports is going to help. Right. And to make sports help, the command has to see it as a net positive. They're not just going to, listen to some corporal of Marines and just be like, Hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. He likes sports. Other Marines like sports. Like that's not realistic. I need to be able to give a full blown plan. So it's going to be like five paragraph order. I'm going to have references. I'm going to go deep into it. It's going to be military. It's going to be uh, psychology. It's going to be everything. I'm going to give them like a full blown everything. But the, 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 the meat and potatoes of the idea is going to be, it's going to start out with the track team because it's just the easiest. The commands don't have to front any money. They don't have to buy anything. Every base is equipped with a freaking track. That's all they need. So the idea from here is simple. It's going to be Marines that get on. Uh, it's going to be per camp basis because we have to get everybody on island in on this. So, Well, actually, that's not even true. It's just CLR-37. Let's just start on Camp Kinzer. We'll have a Camp Kinzer CLR-37 track team. And I'm going to convince the higher-ups, hey, these Marines that are on the CLR-37 track team, let's either hold track practice in the morning when they're usually doing PT at 5.30, or let's let them skip the 5.30 uh, PTs to kind of like, what's that word? To make them want to join the track team, right? Incentivize. To make it seem like it's... Yeah, incentivize them to join the track teams. Hey, you join the track team, you don't got to wake up at 5.30 and PT with the freaking unit because it's still building unit cohesion. You're still out there with Marines. They might not be from your section, but you're still PTing with Marines, right? You're still PTing. You're still doing combat readiness. It's track. You're You're just running, right? So you got different events. You got those that are sprinting, hitting the 100 meters, those CFT studs. You got people like Sergeant Watson, who is just, he'll just run for miles. So let's have him go out there and run three miles as part of his track thing. And, you know, you're going to mix it up. Running is running. So everybody can just practice together. They still have their own events. And the way to make it feasible here, I want it, I want it to be uh, used to not only incentivize PT, incentivize a team sport, but... Uh, I want it to help strengthen the relations between the United States and Japan and the way that we, well, specifically the Okinawan people, but you know, it's a prefecture of Japan specific. So the Shiri bowl where the dragons and Ryuku play. That's been an interesting game. Yeah. So the, the, the Shiri bowl where they play. So basically it, it's uh you know, the four quarters of the fiscal year, Yep. So I'm thinking this is how it works. They're going to so every quarter there's going to be uh an event where like we hold a a, a Camp Kinzer event where they're like qualifiers, right? There's going to be qualifiers to like rank people and get them in different brackets. 
you, you know how like you know how track works, right? Because I, 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 yeah, exactly. So things things of that nature. I still have to do a little bit more research, but like that's that's the the gif of it. But the what the end goal is for three quarters, they're going to be training and doing qualifying events, and then in the fourth quarter, I want CLR thirty seven with the Okinawan government or whatever organization in Okinawa is down to do it to rent out the Shuri Bowl and have like a, a mini yearly Olympics of just track events. Let's get the fastest Okinawans out there with the fastest Marines for hundred meter sprints. Let's have a podium. Let's hand out awards. Let's get the fastest 200 meter sprinters in Okinawa with the uh, Japanese people with the Marines etc three miles 400 meters you know 1600 meters everything's in meters and track and we're in japan so that that's how it's gonna work but i think i think one like i said unit cohesion pt combat readiness and you're you're building a a a yearly tradition with the okinawan people dude you can't beat that you can't tell me that's not a good idea i think one of the coolest experiences i've had out here was when one of the locals hit me up who plays football here. He was like, hey, there's a flag team from mainland flying down here. Um, let's try and get, get some games in. And then so my flag team played them. There were three teams out there and locals. I think that was one of the coolest experiences I've had out here being in Okinawa and really – engaging obviously it's still football it wasn't necessarily an okinawa specific thing but just with that with the locals it was it was the coolest thing i think if you could work it out it's it'd be huge for the relations between the marines and okinawan people yeah i, I agree i think it would be a it would be a big move for the future relations um so matthew we're going to take a potty break real fast and then we'll reconvene here in about like a couple minutes. But I need to piss. Okay, this is the uh, the time for ads. Yeah, this is the, this is the time. If you need uh, you need to go use the bathroom, we'll be back here in a couple minutes. But I'm gonna I'm just gonna pause it real quick. All right, we'll be back. Okay. All right. So funny that we were discussing the the relations between the Okinawans and Americans. And, and you know how sports makes it better, right? So yeah. today, today, as you know, was supposed to be day one of me back in the boxing gym, right? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. So I I, I showed up. I went to Fatima same time. They're like, hey, come back tomorrow. So this time I showed up, and there was two uh, Japanese uh, men just out on the patio smoking and joking. So I, I gave them a nod. I didn't because I, I don't I don't know who works where. So I go in. And it, it's basically empty. So then they come in and start talking to me, and they're like, "Oh, the unfortunately, like, oh, you wanna you wanna train here? Well, the owners won't be back till Monday." And I was like, "Dang, like that sucks because I was told to come back today." Uh, I didn't tell them that, but that's why I said in my head. Yeah. But in my in my mind, what I was actually thinking is, "Damn, they probably don't like Americans here," which I hope is not true because I'm going back on Monday because indeed it looks it just looks like the great a great place to dude. They were just smoking cigarettes. You know, had they had the freaking bicep veins, they were still small, but, you know, they're Japanese. Smoking and but, joking. Yeah, but it, it just looks like, the, it, it looks like a great place to train. And I really hope that they'll, they'll let me train there. So I, I hope Monday, 
they said the fourth, the owners will be in and I can discuss membership and as well as getting it done. But they kind of looked me up, you know, I, I'm a little bit bigger. I'm, I'm a little bit bigger for Japanese standards. So they, uh, they were like, Oh, you, you like, are you, what's your experience level? Are you new? I was able to tell them, Hey, I've been boxing for like four or five years. I'm, I'm ready to get back in the gym. I should have asked them if there's any other gyms in case they did not want an American there. But on that note, the beautiful thing about sports is it does not matter. It does not matter where you come from. It doesn't even matter. They could barely speak English. I don't speak any Japanese. My bad. I probably should speak a little more Japanese than I do being in Japan. Sukoshi. As soon as we get in the gym and I start smacking the pads and we start getting in that dance, that rhythm, that boxing flow, then it doesn't even matter, but they, they hate Americans, but I'll be good in the book just just because we're bonding over something as simple as sports. And that, that's where bringing it back to the prevention team, it would be a great idea for the command to get some sort of it just not they need it like it's good for unit cohesion but dude it's good for freaking national cohesion with the japanese if we can get some sort of annual event that we go on i think if if it if you can bring it to fruition the idea is there it's just the logistics and getting it to work i w- i would love to see it happen it's not going to be easy and i think I think you could definitely bring it to life. Um, and like you were saying, sports just, it's not, sports doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter how big you are in some cases, but there's, there's advantages to being both big and small. And that, that's where sports and especially team sports, I just love it because the cohesion just, the unity it brings, that's why I think the military and team sports embeds teamwork into people. And I think that's huge for contributing and being productive in society. And like you were saying with uh, the communication with the Japanese, I don't know how much they spoke English, but I definitely have noticed that the more I try and speak Japanese, try and speak their language, the better reaction I usually get. And so like, for example, I stopped by McDonald's today and I said, I said, do you speak English? But I said in Japanese, I might not have said it the best, right? But they understood me and they're like, oh, one sec, please. And it's just, it's so interesting to see the dynamics between cultures. And I don't think that's something that I would have gotten if I had just stayed in America and not enlisted and come out here. And I think it's really opened my eyes to the culture of the world and not just limited me to America. Because from what I've seen, a lot of people get stuck in America and they don't really, they never go outside of America. And there's just this, there's a whole world to explore. And I think that in in and of itself gives us a leg up in terms of exploring and seeing the the full picture. No, that's that's definitely big facts. Um, being able to explore the world, it's it's good. It builds character. Uh, what? So you you said in the beginning of that that you would be you would wonder how exactly it would work 
to put together like the track event. So what kind of questions do you have on that? Because like, this would be kind of good to like walk it through. This is basically like my audition for the prevention team. So what, what are your questions? What, why don't you think it would work to put together an annual track event with the Japanese? Come at so, me and I'll tell you why. Obstacles I see coming up would be providing a good incentive that can be like with the all Marine team. That is one example of something similar to what you do. However, that's between services in the States, right? You're looking at doing a Marine versus local out here. Definitely feasible. All Okinawa. All, all Okinawa. You've, you've seen it with all Marine. That's a similar thing. I don't know how track specifically will work because it's not just one game. It's multiple events, but it should work. The logistics should be about the same in terms of a sport to a track event. My question would be, how do you get commands to say, Marine, you don't have to go to PT. You can go, quote unquote, play or try or compete in track. So, so here's the cool part. So, if I'm the to start off, I'm gonna hit the. Well, never mind. The, the oh oh, to start off, we'll go with the command, right? So I don't need to get commands to do it. I need to get. Well, I do need commands to do it, but CLR thirty seven specifically, right? It's Camp Kinzer. Everything falls under the regiment. So, if and I'll be talking with people that have a say. You, you, I'm, I'm not gonna name drop, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, I'll be speaking yeah. with individuals that can enact change. Now, you're right. How do I get them to do it? Well, first of all, I'm not asking Mickey Pack to do it. I'm not asking Meth to do it. I'm not asking the Maw to do it, especially the Maw man. They're so busy. I'm, I'm saying CLR 37 Marines. You know, we got Chow Hall. We got it's a, it's a combat logistics element. That's I see no reason why the commands at, we we would basically be the experimental group, you know, of Okinawa of hey, we're going to give marines it's not like they're getting out of PT. If they show up for the track team, there will be people running it. Like there it will be people to make it a feasible idea. There has to be track coaches. There has to be people that are educated and dedicated to making the Marines better, right? Like that, that makes sense, right? It does. I think the question I yeah. see with that is so, so, where do you get those coaches that you were talking about right then? Oh, anywhere, dude. Who, all you got, who, how easy is it to tell people to run? How it's, that's the easiest. That's why track is the great place to start. You don't need gear. You just need a pair of shoes and a track, which every base has. So you just need somebody to go out there for an hour and a half before or after work and just be like, hey, this is how much we're running today. This is what we're going to do. Preferably, I mean, what would you rather do? Would you rather do a shamrock drill or train with the track team in which every quarter you get to go and do a competitive event? And if you can qualify, you'll get to do an event with the Japanese and have basically a mini 
uh, Olympics because I don't I don't know what else to call it. You have a mini Olympics with the Okinawans. I got that sounds way better than doing a shamrock drill or doing CFT prep or PFT prep, and uh, it, you know it builds camaraderie. It gives you a team and it opens up the door for other other sports. If you have a success there, why not change it next up? Flag football, soccer, basketball. Where where it would be building the connections for the future. Um, to incentivize Marines to get involved, I don't think you need to. Uh, we're specifically looking for young Marines that are getting on island that still that were probably track athletes in in high school that, that or officers. You can get officers involved, dude. They're, they're, I mean, they all went to college. They're probably the ones that went like Napier. They might be a little bit more dedicated. I don't think you need to incentivize. I think it's going to build off a good group and it'll, I think it'll spread like wildfire as, you know, stellar space gets involved. I'm going to go to all the events, with my camera, you know, plaster it up, get the S and P involved. The S and P is going to be all over that. MCCS going to be all over that. It's just, it's a good opportunity for everybody from my point of view. That makes sense. It does, and I, I think if you can get it down, it's gonna it, it would be beneficial. Most definitely, I, and I I really hope that it does work. Uh, right now, that's that's my only idea. This weekend, I have lots of time to really do the research and figure out other things as well. I'm 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 excited for the sexual assault prevention. Ah, oh, gosh, dang it. I wanted to tell them about the, the massage therapy, but I just realized it's sexual assault prevention, not therapy. So never mind. I take that back. I can't tell them that. But that would have been cool. I'd like to tell them that as well. Can you talk, tell them about other issues other than substance abuse? Or no, uh, suicide prevention? substance abuse. I can. I'll, be, I'll still be meeting with – I'll still be in the same AO – of sexual assault prevention and uh, alcohol abuse. Well, and suicide prevention. Well, I'll be doing suicide prevention. I'll be in the same area as alcohol abuse prevention and sexual assault prevention. Gotcha. Yeah, so I, I, and they, they already said it will be, you know, I'm going to be on the suicide prevention board, but I'm going to be, we all kind of like help each other. So it'll be something... Well, I'll be. I'll get a well-rounded experience. I'm not going to be confined to suicide prevention, but that is going to be my main focus. And to be honest, I'm actually kind of glad I got put there because I think it's the one that I'll be more most passionate about. And it's probably the easiest one to create change because stopping an alcoholic from abusing alcohol, or a like a marine that's going out to blacklisted clubs and like getting like on like. I don't even say that they purposely do it, but just being around substances that they shouldn't be indulging, that's pretty hard. Like those, those guys are lost causes, not lost causes, but they're, they're a difficult situation. And I think with suicide prevention, nobody wants to be sad. So it'll be, it's, it'll be a good entry point into easing in to the prevention team and helping people that want to be helped versus those that are kind of off hinge already. That makes sense. No, I definitely agree. I think if people want to abuse alcohol, it's it's 
pretty hard unless you're watching them 24-7. Um, in terms of suicide prevention, it's one of those things where you can give them a community or an outlet so they don't feel as alone as you were talking about. And there's, it's a lot easier to give your time to someone who is engaging and giving back to you than someone who just couldn't care less if you were there. I've seen that with working with Marines as well is it's a lot easier to work with Marines that, that do care, not the ones that just couldn't care less if they were there and would rather be trying to find some sort of substance or whatever, whatever they do outside of work. Yeah, no, most definitely. And to get on a, you know, a little bit of a lighter topic, dude, I have great news. So my, my, my father, my biological father, so yeah. he was, he's been, I don't know, I won't say a lifelong alcoholic, but he's been uh, an alcoholic for a lot of his life, uh, lifelong alcoholic. Recently, he's had a torn ACL for quite a while, which he tore it, like, it just gave out on him. He's a, uh, he's a, uh, He's a a heftier man, you know what I'm saying. He's a bigger yep. guy. I think he was he was like he's in the north of like 200 pounds, like around like two. I, I don't I don't know the exact weight, but he's he's a heavy guy. And so recently he hurt his knee again, and it went out. So he was out of work. The doctors have been telling him, "Hey, you need to lose weight. Your 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 health is getting like dangerous. Like this is not good. Like you're gonna you're gonna die soon if you keep on drinking like this." So recently, in the past like couple years, he's been doing like way better with the alcohol. I, he's not. He's not. I don't. I don't know. He goes through phases where he just doesn't drink, but he, he still drinks from time to time, which is just like me. Like I don't drink anymore, but I still. I just bought a bottle of gin today and a pa- a four pack of beers. So like I'm not. I'm not sober, but he is been weaning himself off, losing a lot of weight. And I recently found out from my stepmom, he's getting in the gym. He's he's putting in that work. He's he's getting the gains and losing the weight. And that was motivating when I heard that. I thought that was amazing. So, Matt, you, one of your biggest, not biggest qualities, but something that does define you is you don't really drink a lot. You don't like uh, for I, I, it's safe to say you don't like alcohol, right? So, I've I heard another way someone put this recently. It's I don't know if I like alcohol, right? I don't put myself in positions to try it and even find out if I like it. And I'm not quite sure where it started. I know my parents don't really drink. I. I could probably count on my hand the number of times I've seen them drink, right? And obviously being out here in Okinawa, you try it. It's you're you're around it sometimes. Um but one thing I'm definitely passionate about is if if you're going to do it, be around the right people. And you've been with me enough to know that I have I have drank from time to time, right? But I keep the people that I can trust around me. So like if I'm drinking, I know you're driving, right? And if you're drinking, I'm driving because I know I'm going to get you home and you know that 
I'm gonna be there to to look out for that. Um, I personally have not seen anything positive come from drinking alcohol. Um, I know that I can verify with anecdotal evidence that when I drink, it's it is a hundred percent liquid courage, right? I would do things that I would not do without alcohol. And I think that <clears throat> can go both ways, right? Big Sometimes yeah. you, you, you want to say that thing that you maybe you shouldn't have either to that one person to confess whatever, or it's an idea that maybe you, you didn't think you're going to say out loud, but you had alcohol and now you're brainstorming. Right. But, um, other than that, all I've seen is ang- like people get angry, situations just go downhill. The percent of risk versus reward has just never tallied up for me. And I don't want to give the alcohol a chance. Don't if it if I don't get started, I'll never know if I like it. And I'll never and that- Yeah, that was that was all I had. I'll never fucking that that's a that's a that's a big thing. You know, you're right. If you if you never start, it's never gonna get out of control. And I think I think it's pretty good. It's pretty good philosophy, not just with alcohol, but just in life, because there's lots of paths that you could go down that you probably shouldn't. Um, Talking about alcohol, I've seen some really funny videos of Gate Two lately. Uh, recently, there was, there was a. Uh, what is Gate Two? An- <laughs> gate Two, for those that don't know, is the second gate, at least numerically ordered, on Kadena, in which the uh, airmen, the marines, and the soldiers and the seamen of Okinawa go to. Don't you just mingle. hate those seamen? <laughs> Yeah, the, the seamen are pretty gross. So I'm not gonna lie, mm. but uh, they they go out to gate two to mingle, usually with in the influence of alcohol. There's lots of loud music, you know, some strip clubs. There's you know females in the area wearing you know pretty provocative clothing. Yep, and yep. there's a lot of there's a lot of dudes. There's a lot of guys out there, and there's a lot of guys out there that do some pretty silly things. And that video I was telling you about, this yeah. silly instance that I saw. So it was an older gentleman with uh, – he was not – he's not military. He had like super long hair. He was an older white guy. And it was a group of – I don't even know if they were military men to be honest. We'll just, we'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But there was a group of, of men and then there was an opposing group of men. And from what I could make of it, I think some – some sort of slur that shouldn't have been said was said, and oh my gosh, dude, people were getting lit up. There were punches, kicks, Ugh. like getting stomped on the ground, and I'm just like, man, why? Why? Wh- who puts you? Why would you put yourself in a position to do that? That is the kind of thing that th- this is the reason why a prevention team is needed in the first place. Like, if you're a grown man, and that's the kind of stuff you're doing, where like you're you're like seriously hurting other people, and like just get it, and you can't. We were just talking about it the other day. If you can't control your emotions, like what what can you control? I just it was it was funny because 
I think it's kind of funny when people get lit up, but at the same time, it's like, come on, be be better, do better. Yeah, I think, and you you hit it on the head. Like we, we we've gone there a couple times, right? Trying to see it out, trying to have have a good time, but it's just every time I think without fail, every time we go, the males just astonishingly outnumber the females and then somebody gets hurt because some female looked at the other guy the wrong way and then some fist starts flying and i have i completely agree i don't know if you've ever seen america's funniest home videos like people getting hurt on video is just like the most hilarious (laughs) thing and i cannot explain it because when you see it in person it's so, I feel like it's so much different because it's like, oh, no, he's hurt. It's, it's really happening when it's in person. But on video, you're just like, dang, that guy just got lit up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, it's the same thing. To take it back to sports, it's the same thing with sports, man. You're, you, watch a, you watch a dunk in the NBA, and you're like, oh, that, that's pretty cool. You watch a linebacker light somebody up on the field, you're like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. You watch a, a – a, boxer just when that dude drops to the floor but if you if you're either if you're like in that moment like you're the one that dropped somebody or you're the one that gets dropped or you get lit up by the linebacker or you get dunked on dude it's a different story that stuff it it makes it crazy (laughs) you remember uh i think it was when Stu dunked on napier oh Derek was telling me about he did it to somebody else. You know, <laughs> he did it to a local. They're playing oh, a local man, that's, team. That's nasty. And that's so he, nasty. He quoted, if you remember it, the LeBron on Jason Terry dunk. Oh, that's that's nasty. Yeah, I was no, like, that's... no, don't do it like that. Hey, that's... When you play basketball, sometimes you you mess around and you find out. That's the way it goes. Under the wrong rim at the wrong time. Yeah, no, most definitely. It is uh, unfortunate. Would you rather be dunked on or would you rather get your like ankles just absolutely destroyed and then he hits a three while your body's on the ground? I think it's got to be dunk because – not oh every- my! No way, dude. The, to be able to dunk, that is like, first off, not that many people can actually block a dunk. Not that many people can actually dunk, but like, if you get crossed, you're just you're trash at defense. That's just moving your feet, like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I, I will I'm say, not block anybody on a dunk, but I I could at least not get crossed if I'm trying. <laughs> I, I what I will say is, for those that don't know, I could dunk at one point in my life. <laughs> and yes, I am a better athlete than Matthew Hassenplug. I'll, I'll, I'll real... admit it. <laughs> you heard it here first, huh? You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Where? If there's no video, it didn't happen. That's all I gotta say. Where's the video proof? I have, I have firsthand no eyewitnesses. Proof. 
I have firsthand eyewitnesses that will attest to me dunking. Actually, video I do have. A, uh, didn't happen. I think I do, I think I do have a video. <laughs> I have a video of when I was in high school and I dunked, but that wasn't as impressive because now I'm like forty pounds heavier than when I was in high school. Well, I can't dunk anymore though. No, those those days are gone. That's that's. I had a good, I had a good five dunks in my life, and that was it. Who uh, I did okay. So I saw a clip from one of the Joe Rogan podcasts. He was talking to some older gentleman. I recognize his face. I don't know his name, but basically they're saying the key to staying nimble or mobile as you get older is to exercise and lift weights. It's crazy, right? But was it was it a was it an Indian dude? No, it was a guy. It was a guy with like a white handlebar mustache, like straight. Dude, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's him. I was just listening to that earlier today. They were talking about stem cells, bro. I was thinking about get, I need to go and get stem cells in my knees. Well, what is it? There was there's some root that increases turmeric. T- yes, I think that's it. Yeah, what turmeric. does it do? Do you know what it does? I think it's anti-inflammatory, but I don't. I don't actually know anything about it. Uh, uh, freaking, can you still hear me? Yeah. All right. I just opened up a tab, so I'm pulling it up. Turmeric, or curcuma longa, is a flowering plant in the ginger family. Hmm. It is native to India and the subcontinent of Southeast Asia. It is good for arthritis, digestive disorder, respiratory infection, allergies, liver disease, depression, and others. I think they were talking about it in terms of arthritis because Hulk Hogan is a WWE superstar. Well, maybe, and it's not the same one I'm thinking of. There was one that this guy, he did like research. He found out that this plant was the best way to gain muscle and grow hair. Oh, I don't know if I made it that far in the podcast. Maybe that was not even the podcast we were. I I, don't know if it was the podcast. Because I I don't know anything about anything growing hair, but if it was Hulk Hogan who has a white handlebar, was he wearing a bandana? It was definitely Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it was definitely Hulk Hogan. I just haven't made that far in the podcast yet. No, I don't think it was in that podcast. I'm pretty sure I saw it somewhere else. But... It was the same principle where roots and like plant-based diets can still exponentially help your oh yeah health. Dude, lots of professional athletes don't eat either meat or certain types of meat, especially red meat. It seems like a lot of people these days are not eating red meat, which is weird because I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I if I could, I would only eat meat. That's what I did. Well, right before I joined the Marine Corps, like I only ate fruits and meat. Basically, well, I ate vegetables too. But I, I you know, I, I told you, I was never really big on carbs until I got to Okinawa. Have you heard Jordan Peterson's diet? Yeah, he eats like almost entirely, primarily meat. Steak, salt, water. And that's, I want to, I want to go that far, but uh, I, if I could just revert back to how I used to eat, which was like probably, it was probably like 75% meat and then probably like 10% fruit and then 
everything else was mixed in of like probably just it was veggies. It was just it's very good. I, I miss eating like whole foods that like came from an animal or out of the ground or something like that. Now that I eat so much like like I, I'm not a bit I don't like I eat it because it tastes good and I'm not disciplined anymore. But like bread products, like muffins and I don't know, you you know what I mean? Like like it's manufactured things of that nature. I'd be eating them hella now. I just don't have discipline anymore. But I, I if that's one thing I will work to change before 2024 is to get my diet back under control because uh, those tornadoes at the at the at the shopettes, dude. I have been on a binge on those things, and I just I should stop eating them. I should just go back to just buying beef jerky and just snacking on beef jerky all day again. Things of that nature. I definitely find it interesting because food food habits can tell you can tell you a lot, honestly. You know what I'm saying? And being able to be disciplined. I'm not obviously I'm not saying I could have better discipline, right? But it's one of those things that if you daily remind yourself, you can kind of you can battle it, right? It's not it's not just a losing it's like alcohol right having a glass is not going to kill you but it's just the constant battle of okay i had one now i'm not gonna have one for a week right or whatever it is for you personally it's just it's huge and the sugar one thing i've tried to do as much as possible is just cut out added sugars and i'll I'll stumble right and but it just feels so much better when you are, when you think you're disciplined at something, mentally you know it. You know what I'm saying? You're like, nah, I'm not eating sugars. I'm not a sugar guy. Kind of like manifesting it. I am that guy. I don't eat sugars. I think that's huge for the the mental state. I I agree. That is that is with anything in life. If you already think you are that guy, that is way better than aspiring to be that guy. Like. As and as far as discipline goes, just just to add in, I'm still taking them cold showers, man. You're not getting any sort of advantage that I'm not getting in life. I just want you to know that. But uh, that that's the way to look at it, right there is competition and just being the best you can be every day. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You said uh, you said it yesterday. If you if you make the right decisions every day, where are you going to be in five, ten years? You're going to be in an amazing place and freaking. Oh man, what were we? What were, what was the topic we were just talking about? We're talking about diets. No, no, it was after diets. It was literally we just got we just got done talking about it. Oh, manifestation. Yes, manifestation. So, so with sports, right? And dude, if so, ninety percent of the battle in not not that high. Seventy five percent of the battle in sports is being able to mentally play the position before you can physically play it. And that and that's part of the reason why I'm a better quarterback than you, Matt. I don't think <laughs> I don't think you truly see the field. And and this is this is me trying to like help you get better at the okay. quarterback position. But yeah, and when you when you just drop the plays in the moment, like it works, but you lock on to one target and you're not you're not seeing the field. And if the defense shut down shuts down your receiver and you throw that ball, you're throwing a pick versus if you have a pre-planned offense and you know, hey, if there's a single high safety, move it here. If there's a double high safety, throw it here. 
you got you know where your players are going to be it really changes the game like this this offense that i just created for this next tournament is the most advanced offense that i've i've created ever since being on island i mean you saw at the last practice where i had all the different cadences different audibles it was it's going to be it's, I'm, I'm telling you this next tournament i'll be i'll be checking people's routes at the line of scrimmage taking advantage of what the defense gives me and i um i am hyped i am hyped to show you that you are not the team to beat. I am the team to beat. Me and my guys are the team to beat. What well, in regards to the manifesting really? and, and seeing as you play, someone else had said that where what they do is they see themselves making that game winner and they replay in their mind and they predict it. And you literally start to believe it. And I don't know who said it, but someone said, the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't are usually both right. And that, that one hits me. It's just the fact. Yeah, I've heard that. And Draymond Green said in a podcast recently, he said, why would I ever think someone's better than me? You know what I mean? That in and of itself is saying, oh, he's better than me. He like, you should think you are the best every single time you step on the field that's part of the whole manifesting thing and if i think i'm the best quarterback whether or not i am right based on numbers based on the eye test you're whatever, not if you're i not. think i'm the best quarterback i will play with a swagger with a different with a different demeanor and i think we've seen that a lot Yeah, no, most most definitely. Man, manifestation and seeing it before you do it. I don't know who said it, but I've heard all those things before, obviously. But in boxing for me, that... Great so, example, yeah, yeah. Boxing for me was, at the time when I picked up boxing, like I was in manifestation mode. I, I was watching highlights of Tank Davis, Deontay Wilder, just absolutely clobbering people. And I was... I still, I still have it, but I had that. You, I, I had it even more so before the military kind of beat it out me, beat it out of me, like a little bit. I had more. I was a little bit more youthful. Like I'm still pretty childish, but like I was, it was at an extreme at that point. And dude, if you to, if you told me that I wasn't gonna knock somebody out, I would have just not believed you. I'd have just tried to knock you out then and there because that's. And I think that manifestation and that mindset of oh, I can do this. It really, it did. It it's why I think boxing is my best sport. Even though, it, really, it's out between between basketball, football, soccer, and boxing. Boxing is like the third third newest. No, no, is the second newest sport to me. I've been doing it for like four or five years now, but soccer is the newest as I've only been doing it for like a year and a half. Ever since I got to Okinawa, but. For some reason, even though even though I've been doing basketball and football since I was like eleven or twelve, there's just, there's just something about catching that wave at the right time and just being able to manifest that's amazing. That did remind me. I was talking to uh, Duarte today. I think you've met him. He uh, he's down he on Kinzer sometimes. Yeah, he said he's they're doing a Kinzer team, and he, he actually asked me if you wanted to do that. I've seen. I saw them the other day. I didn't yeah. know it was a Kinzer team, but I do want to. I do want to get on in on that. So I will 
get that information from you at some point because that is 110% something I want to be down. Dude, there we go. I'm going to, dude, that, they're already making a Kinzer team. That's like 50% of the battle of the prevention team idea I'm trying to bring up. So that's, and then you just get a little support and you're rolling. Yeah, they're doing the work for me. And uh, what if, what if I'm like, hey, CLR37, give us some money to get jerseys? Boom. Boom. Exactly. Just incentives, baby. I got 20 guys that are not suicidal because they are dedicated to a team and working hard. Can we get a little bit of funding? I think that's a great pitch. That is a great pitch, and and it'll just grow. It'll grow. Uh, soccer is a great is great uh, in Okinawa. Is like like Galacticos has like at least a B team. They might have a C team. So why couldn't Kinzer have a A and a B, maybe a C team? So. And and soccer is like probably the biggest sport in the world. So if it, th- if it just got some backing from CLR thirty seven, it should blow up. I think cricket might be close. I'm not gonna lie. In terms right, of numbers, Amer- Matt, Matt, we're Americans. All right, you know, maybe, okay. maybe that might be but, that might be wrong. That might be racist. Uh, I might have not should have said that, but. <laughs> <laughs> so and that's so so here here's the, the multiple questions, right? What's the biggest sport? In the United States, what's the biggest global sport in terms of reach? And then what's the biggest global sport in terms of population played? All right. So obviously the biggest sport in the United States, the NFL is king. In terms of the amount of people that play it, you just told me it might be cricket. But soccer, there's something just different about the FIFA World Cup, bro. I agree. And I think part of that might be because we're in the United States and it gets like that's the one time in four years that that America cares about soccer at all, basically, other than right now the Messi's playing. Like, I've never seen anyone care about soccer more than right now because Messi's playing in Miami. To be fair, I got on that wave a little earlier. I was there a little bit before Messi was. But you yes, were. the bandwagon. Yeah, the the bandwagon, and so this is the other thing I was thinking. I was wondering if there was a subscription service to watch the WNBA play, and if it was cheap enough, I would probably do it just to watch basketball because I can't watch NBA players out here. So if like if Apple TV were like, hey, we'll buy the WNBA because I literally can't watch basketball any way else, I would probably watch women's basketball just because I'm a fan of basketball. I don't, and this is not my opinion. I saw anecdotal. Uh, that means evidence. it's your opinion. I saw anecdotal evidence of people taking a dollar over a WNBA front row ticket. No, okay, I, I've seen that. Yeah, no. And I think that's just, and, I, and it's. I like basketball, though. Those people might not like basketball. I think coaching basketball, no matter what gender or level. It's still coaching basketball. You know what I mean? I'm not going to lie. When I was watching the girls get coached versus the boys in the same age group, I I can't even tell you. I don't even know if it is just physical skill. I just don't think women enjoy – well, the group of women, the group of young women I saw playing basketball, they were 12 12 through 15, so, you know, really young girls. 
I don't even know if they enjoyed it, to be honest. Like, it just seemed like they were just kind of there because their parents might have made them. But they definitely there's, – there's just something different between watching girls play and boys play. Boys are just out there trying to kill each other and the girls – I think a lot uh, of that is just the natural testosterone. I think – yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is. It was different, though. It was, it was interesting to see. Um, we're going to take one more break. I'm chugging water over here because I got to stay hydrated. But I need to take another, take another piss. We'll be back. Alrighty. We are back from our break. I don't know what we were talking about. I forgot. We got a little bit of coaching, a little bit of manifestation in there. So, how about this? If you went to Austin, what is the picture-perfect outcome? So before or not if, to, when, when you go when, to Austin. That's a manifesting right there. Yeah, it's not even well, manifesting. You're, you're already doing it. Exactly. So before I get to the picture-perfect outcome... I want to say something that was so interesting today. I was talking to one of the Marines I was working with, and we were talking similarly to how me and you were talking about how God is telling us through other people different things. Yeah, God God be doing that. He be speaking Dude, through others. Everything in my body is hearing and telling me, Austin, I need to get there. Dude, songs conversation what i see my it does seem my to brain be the place to be it. so picture perfect outcome in austin would be starts gilbridge in february and for six months grind get connections make some money through networking through doing my own commercial real estate deals I'm not sure if it's going to, if ideally ends up in a job. I think the best case would be I can go out after those six months and do my own thing separately and be successful if, if it's in a perfect world, right? I learn enough to do that. I'm in Austin. I find a cute college chick who's intelligent, but who's also Matt, conservative that can raise a family how old are you i'm 22 how old are college chicks 20 you're a predator that's two years what are you talking about <laughs> you are i'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm busting your chaps all right all right keep it yeah. going i'm sorry i decided yeah. i just had to take that as a moment to call you a predator this guy just got dump in there roast my ass real quick I love it. I'm gonna get you back. Don't you don't you worry. I'm gonna get you. I think another part of the ideal situation is playing football at least for another year or two and then eventually end up coaching. So just Wait, have, a pick, have some money and live football. What what age group are you going to start out coaching? What what is your what is your in for coaching? What is you going to be 
Are you going to be a positional group, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach? How are you, what age, like high school, middle school? What is your, how so, is that going to start? I think for me, I want to be in high school. I think high school is the perfect opportunity to coach people who want to be there while also really having an impact on young men. In terms of how I get to coaching, I think that can take multiple paths, whether that be a positional group, whether that be starting at middle school, whether that be... Manifest it. What, are you, what is it going to do? The what? Say it. What is it going to be? Say, don't manifest it. What is it going to be? What are you going to do? Really, Not how I get you? a... Uh, someone sees me coaching my flag team, and then they're like, oh, you're a good coach. Come coach my high school. And then, bam. Head- what's your position? What, what's your position? Head, uh, head coach of a high school football team. Okay, so head coach. So, are you going to go to an established program, or are you going to go to a school that probably is lesser, and you have to build kind of a winning culture? I don't think I know yet. I think, I think establishing a culture would be a great challenge and a task that I would be down for. So. How, what, what kind of culture would you establish? Because as a head coach, you're in a, a great position to sculpt these, these kids, these young men. How, what is the culture you would establish? How would you establish it? What, what would the day-to-day be like with, with making this football team the next generation of great men? So the culture, if I could establish my own culture, right? Team, teamwork is everything, right? Win, lose, team, team, team. Obviously, you still want to be competitive, right? Um, But emphasizing that we lose together, we win together. Um, Making sure that everyone knows that the little things are the most important. So that once you get the little things, you build on that. And so whenever there's a little thing out of line, correct that, right? And then What are those little things? Routes to a T, right? Footwork on your throws. Communication on the off- offensive line. Yeah, that Pointing makes sense. Out that, those are what, yeah. You got a... What is the... So So you have the this, this culture established and... In high school, you can't do no recruiting, though. In high school, you just kind of get dealt the, ha- the 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 hand you get, and you just kind of play the cards. What uh, what happens if you go and you coach high school, and you just got a bunch of just kids that are just terrible at football? And I think that right there is why I like to coach high school is because that adds an extra level of challenge, right? Because college, NFL, you get to handpick your guys, right? High school. You have to deal what your hand is dealt, right? So your offense slash defense might change a little bit, slightly from year to year. Obviously, the more reps you get with a certain offense, with a certain defense, you can get better at coaching said offense or defense. But if you only have, if you've got five stellar D linemen, you want your best players on the field. So then you build a defense around those five players, fill it in with the best situation. And I think 
once you get that culture, everyone understands, okay, these are our five best guys. We're going to get these guys on the field. Everyone else can know to fill their role, right? Be transparent. Obviously, they still want to compete. So get them on the field as much as possible, but know the situation. Yeah, that, that is a, that's definitely very ideal. Um, I, I, I think that's pretty, pretty noble. What I want to say is, once upon a time, there was a fellow that I knew. And his name was Matthew Hassenplug. And he told me, he told me, these were his words verbatim. Stit, I'm a better quarterback than you. Stit, my child will be a better quarterback than your child would be. Stit, I will coach my child's team to be better than yours. And I just want you to know, right now, that first statement is wrong. And my child will be superior quarterback to yours. And I will coach a better team. And my team will beat yours. I, I just needed to get it on record just for, just for the future. So when when I do beat you, I could... I could say, "Hey, play the tape back," and we can we can rejoice. My team will rejoice as I tell them, "Hey, we were we were meant to win. I manifested this." Sounds like we're gonna have to coach our rival schools and duke it out. You know what? I take it back. I think for once in our lives, we should just probably team up together and just create a powerhouse. I like that idea a lot better. I I'm not gonna lie; that idea sounds awesome. If if we just merge our heads, we could probably turn any school into. And that's what's that's what sucks about here in Okinawa is we haven't been able to play together for a, a little bit of time. So and here's here's an interesting question that comes to mind when when you bring that up is how can two quote unquote I I would consider us. Maybe not alpha males, but headstrong forward males that want to lead. Alpha, people have different definitions. But two guys who want to lead, how can we both do that cooperatively? How do you think that works in football, in life? I, I can do it. You just, you just simply have to just coexist. You just use you just have good communication and you coexist with others. That's you have to have a, agreeableness. I I know I've talked to you about agreeableness before. What have I told you about agreeableness, Matt? The first thing that comes to mind when I hear agreeableness is Jordan Peterson. Literally, it takes me straight to a video he says about how, in terms of specific personal gain. Non-agreeable people tend to get the most salary, right? But then he also goes to say that, say I give you $100 and you get to choose how to split it between you and the next person. If you give that next person $30 and they're not happy with that, they can say no and you don't get the money either, right? So the more you give the more people will give to you. And I've seen that repeat itself exponentially. And so if you can't agree and 
give more than you can receive, this will be given unto you. And that's, I think, also the basis of most of our faith is give and you will see the returns of your fruit. Yeah, it's uh, it's that karmic way of life, you know. But you, you receive the energy that you put out there, um, and I think, yeah, agree- agreeableness is definitely one of the greater characteristics I think I see in people. It's definitely got to be. There's got to be other characteristics there, you know. You got to be creative. You got to be efficient, and you've, you 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 got to be agreeable, but you've got to still like want to be that guy you know what i'm saying like if you have a bunch of agreeable people that don't have ideas and they're just going to sit there you, you know the kind of people i'm talking about that are not they're not really they're not committing anything to the group project they're not bringing forth anything they're just like, oh yeah that's a good idea yeah we could do that we're just and i used to be i used to be that guy i'm not gonna lie i used to just i've always been agreeable and i used to be agreeable without contributing and without caring and i think the reason why my agreeableness became so like weaponized and so great is because I, I stopped being that guy and I started to, to care a little bit more. I started to bring forth my ideas. And I just started I just started to realize the ideas that I produce in my mind are a lot better than other people's. And when it plays out in real life, they, they do t- tend to work. So if I can just voice my opinion, you know, I still got to be agreeable. Sometimes other people have better ideas than me. Sometimes I have the better ideas. But when you have a group of people, teamwork, when you, when you have people that can work as a team, you can accomplish anything. It's, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So what do you think triggered or what happened to where you realized your opinion is very valuable and you can at certain times disagree with people so that your point gets across further. So great question because I love that. I love this question because I love this answer. It happened very recently. The, the, the reason I learned that my opinion matters and I, I know that I am still agreeable, but now I have just I say a little bit more with my chest. It, it's because of you, Matt. It's because of you. I met you, and oh my gosh, you were you were just a hard charger. Hey, you need you need to get a business. You need to start a business. How are you going to get money? What are you doing with your life? How are you becoming better today? And your your motivation to just it reinvigorated everything in me, and all of a sudden, you motivated me to a point where I believed in myself more than I had ever believed in myself in my entire life. And as we, as I started to hang out with you more and more, uh, we started engaging in conversations and I realized like, oh, me and you are having great conversations. My opinions, they, they mattered. First of all, I'm not a bit, I'm becoming more extroverted. Not, okay. I'm not becoming more extroverted, but I'm becoming better at, I, I know I've been telling you this, my, my speaking skills have been improving. I'm not somebody that goes out and starts just talking to strangers. I'm still very introverted. After enough social interaction with large groups of people, I'm not I'm not for it at all. When we go to the beach, I'm just perfectly content sitting in my chair. But this one-on-one where it's intra- like more interpersonal, oh dude, I fucking love it. I, I'm all for it. But the reason why you sparked that motivation in me was 
like I said, hard charging. And specifically, it comes down to sports again, bro. Sports gives you a perfect chance to be a leader. We're out here. We got a bunch of dudes playing sports. I see you just basically just doing it all yourself. And I'm like, well, yeah, you had the offense. And at the time, I wasn't confident in playing offense in basically any sport. We're talking about football here, obviously. And so I was like, well, I could I could help him. I could take part of the, the, the work plate. So I took the defense. And I came up with all this, started implementing it. I started taking responsibility for my teammates around me. And we enacted great change. And the defense, we the, the, the Ronins were a lot better this past season than they were the season before and probably the season before that as well. And that, it, that gave me confidence. That gave me the idea that, hey, I could be that guy. And then I just started taking on more responsibility. And it just – it's like, a, you know, that, that thing – you see in like movies where like the snowball is rolling and it just keeps going, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's perfect. It's just like that. The more responsibility I take on, the more problems I keep solving in my personal life, in sports, at work for other people. I just, it's making me realize how much I'm actually capable of. And it just keep it just, I just keep on becoming more. And once you have the confidence, the confidence just keeps growing exponentially. I haven't been shot down yet. The decisions I'm making, they've been pretty, pretty great for my life. Just making those right decisions. That might be it. And I'm, I think through what you said, that motivates me too. You know what I'm saying? One of the big things through what you said, I kind of picked up was the right crowd pushed you to be better right definitely and so that just tells me that if I get myself in a better situation I will grow that much more and I've seen that with well, that yep what were you saying to relate this to relate this to remember that meme I was telling you about where exactly as you're your vibrations raise, you got to drop some people and the new vibrations will just bring a whole new experience, man. And for me, I think it started when I started talking to my recruiter. I think that's when it happened for me was he was talking to me about investing and how that can change your life if you grab it by the horns. And I remember I was dating this chick at the time and I was, I was verbatim manifesting it to her. I'm like, Hey, I'm going places like you can get on board or you can get off. You know what I'm saying? And she was like, she was like, yeah, I'm with it. It didn't end up working out, but I remember clearly saying that and just believing it a hundred percent. And it's, it's still true right now. It's, I see myself going places because I see the work I'm putting in compared to other people. And I see the the thought process that I have that they don't. And I think that gives an extra layer of motivation. Yeah, man. I, one, it's, I agree. That once that snowball gets rolling, it just keeps on going. And then as long as you don't hit no obstacle on the road, and even if you do, if you, if you hit an obstacle, snowball breaks, it'll just keep on rolling. You just got to restart.
But, that was one of the things that uh yeah. that I was thinking about earlier when you were, when we were talking was if you if literally if you just don't not obviously obstacles are gonna come up, but if you can make the right decision, and I think that it's the big three. If you can graduate high school, if you cannot get a chick pregnant, and if you cannot commit a crime, you are better than like you are more not better, check check. You are better off than I think it's like ninety percent of the population by the time you're like twenty or twenty two. I can't remember the age of the statistic, but it was staggering what the number is these days. I don't know, man. I feel like if I if there was a chick, if I had a, if I had a woman in my life that I really loved. And we had a if we had a baby, and I was like knees deep in like the build the building of a future family, I would have stayed in the military one hundred percent, dude. Like that for is just security? I don't know for yeah for for security for my family. Like I, you know, having a family is is the ultimate goal, right? Like that's just that's that's pretty lovely. I definitely agree with that. Family comes number comes number one but one thing that i've definitely realized out here seeing all the failed relationships in the marine corps is you can't rush it some people are just not on your wavelength like we've been talking about and if you get someone who's not on your wavelength that will fuck you up because if you have a kid with them you can't unhave that kid you are not stuck but you are in a situationship with that person for the rest of your life. For the next 18 years, baby. Exactly. And I think that can not stop you, right, if you got a big enough snowball, but that can put a big dent in it if you make the wrong decision at the wrong time. And I think, like we talked about earlier, alcohol for me just puts – it makes a lot of those bad decisions come a lot easier. Yeah, no, alcohol definitely it makes every it makes everything well, not everything. It makes you think everything is easier and then, you know, you're more prone to making those bad decisions, but good way to put it. I it's it's still it's a social lubricant, you know. It's I, personally, it's not. I don't think I'll ever be truly sober in my life. I'll always dabble in alcohol. I won't be consistently. I probably never drink during the weekdays as long as I'm working, which will hopefully be for most of my life. So probably most of my life, I won't really be a work. Well, I mean, to be honest, I don't even drink very often. But when I do, I do. when I do drink. It is. It can be enjoyable as long as I have the the schedule the next day to be able to recover. I think for me, it's just like I'm. I'm okay to drink here and there, but the biggest thing I've realized for me, it's the people. It's the people that make it worth it. I took that that trip, which I do think so. I was by myself, right? Twenty four days around Asia. Was helpful, what right? Co- what countries did you visit? So I visited, I went to mainland Tokyo for a couple of days. I went down to Australia for about a week. I went to Bali for about a week. 
and then I hit hit up Thailand for the second time for a couple of days at the end of it. Did you see? Did you see any cool animals while you were in Australia? Like any roos? You see any roos? I saw some birds on the golf course that really. That's made, not cool. I okay. It was the most hilarious thing <laughs> because I completely forgot that places of the world get cold being in Okinawa. And I stepped off the plane in Australia and I had to put my sweatshirt on. It was the weirdest thing. Haven't seen cold weather in like two years, except for the one time I had to exercise. That That's, that's actually very true. I remember. So like if I, when I went back to the United States, I knew it was going to be cold because it was that time of year. But if I went to Australia right now, and if it was cold, I would be shocked. Because, I, I, like, like you said, being cold is not on my radar anymore. Mm-hmm. I have not worn a sweatshirt in so long. And I, I when I first got on island, because I, you know, I was fresh from the States, I, I would still wear them. But now, like, there's never a reason to wear a sweatshirt. And so as I was, as I was thinking about that, right, the, the travel... I remember the convers the we had one point earlier about kind of like manifesting. Um, I remember when I was in uh, Australia, I was at the airport ready to fly to Bali, and with the Amex card, you get access to certain lounges, right? And I just remember seeing, feeling that lifestyle of what it would be like when I made it, and then in Bali when I was golfing and I had a driver who would just drive around the course and tell me which clubs to hit that it's like, dang, once you make it, it's just, it's different. It's completely different. What about that lifestyle stands out to you? Why do you want that lifestyle? I I just, I want to know. For me, it's knowing it's not the mountain, it's the climb. It's knowing what I had to put in to get to that point. And then feeling the success and feeling the poetic. fruits of your labor. Nice, nice. That, I might I, ha- that's... Go ahead. I might have to be a public speaker. Dude. I think you would be a great public speaker, a, a motivational speaker, dude, especially after you make it. Cause once you make it in life, everybody wants to actually hear you talk. Um, nobody, nobody cares what, what we're saying right now, but once you make it, dude, people will pay you the big bucks to come and just give them some, a good dose of motivation. And I've, I, I know I've told you that you should be a motivational speaker before. Cause I literally, literally just said like, earlier how you gave me that motivation to step up and become a bigger a bigger player in my own life basically i I was kind of just a bystander but now now i like to make the decisions in my life so yes i agree i think college could help you out with that just saying no i and i think we've been over i think we can both agree and we see the benefits of college Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, college is going to be a huge part of my life. That's where I hope to meet my wife. That's where I'm going to start my career. That's what I'm doing right now that I think is really separating me from the pack is 
I'm going to be a Marine that got in with zero college credits and in one enlistment got a bachelor's degree. I, I don't know what percentage of Marines do that, but I, I guarantee you at best it's under 10%. Like there's, and it's, I, 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 I feel, I feel special. That. I, I, I want I want to say it's less than that, but I don't want to underestimate my fellow Marines. But I, realistically, it probably is less than that. I think college for me breaks down to my learning style. And I learn a lot better on the job. Asking questions. More of a one-on-one scenario. I get into it. Like, I remember coming to, to Okinawa and learning supply. Dude, I was ripping questions left and right. People had to tell me to shut up, to stop asking questions. And now I just, I smoke everyone in my shop. It's not, and knowing, knowing your stuff is, is another relief because now everyone's asking you for questions. Yeah. We just, I told you about it yesterday, dude. Once, once you can solve the problems and people are coming to ask you the questions, you become so valuable that it changes it changes everything, and that's that's part of the, that's part of the motivation too. Like when when people start coming to you to ask the questions, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you're, you're accomplishing him. something. Yeah, you you're him. <laughs> you, yeah, you definitely you're you're him when they're coming to you when you're calling the shots, and that I want to do more of that. Uh, we were talking about I think I think it was yesterday. How we got a new staff NCO, and they were like, mm, "Corporal Hassenplug is going to stay right where he is because he is handling every situation we throw at him, right?" And that's okay, sure, sure. Where the, the bigger situation? Am I wrong? No, I, <laughs> no, dude, I, I was cranking <laughs> that, and they just kept giving me situations, and I just kept hitting home runs. I was the all-star player. That's what you need to do. And now and I, you can, I'm taking a little break on Hanson because Hanson is weird. You can be an all-star in other things besides sports. You could be an all-star in the office, on the street, in your house, in your family. You, you just and you should be you should strive to be an all-star in every aspect of your life. And that's yeah. that's what I think is I'm starting to realize is that you know I, I want to be more well-rounded than i have been in my past do you feel like you're a well-rounded individual i think that i think i'm pretty well i so i'll give you a quote right i was at boot camp and his his last name was brian he he came out joking off a little bit i never had to see him but it sticks with me because we were just sitting around chatting up, right? You know how you get a little free time at boot camp every now and then to fix your uniforms or something? And Yeah, I know what you're talking about. We were we were rolling sleeves for the first time. We we had just gotten to about to roll sleeves or we practicing and I had picked it up pretty quickly. And a guy's looking at me and he's like, dude, do you just are you just good at everything? And I think it's the high level of intelligence that helps me just ask questions and pick it up quickly, which allows me to maybe not 
creatively think because I'm not sure how creative I am, but repeating and critical thinking based on situations I've already seen, I can do very quickly, which is where math specifically I'm very good at because once I see something, I can repeat it quicker than almost almost anybody. I'm going to need to see some more anecdotal evidence on that quote-unquote critical thinking skill you have before I say you have that skill. Oh, I'll, I'll give you the critical thinking on the football field. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, that, there was a – I like that you brought up creativity because when I was on – when I was being, I guess, interviewed, when I was, when I was having my sit-down – with the the senior leaders uh, about the prevention team, they one of the questions that I got asked it was the most difficult question I had to answer, and it's going to sound pretty silly because it's kind of it's not very serious, but like it is kind of serious. They uh, they asked me what is more important to me. What do I think is more important, efficiency or creativity? And in the moment, I was stumped. Like, I was like, wow, like, I've never thought about that before. Why? What? What is this? There's no right or wrong answer, right? But there, I think there is. Um, I, I, before I continue, what do you think is more important, creativity or efficiency? Oh, I was definitely waiting for you to answer that question first. Yeah, I wanted to. I was about to, but I was like, you know what? I'll give, I'll give this. I'll, I'll let you use your critical thinking skills here real quick. Before hearing what angle you have at it, I think they go pretty hand in hand. I think it's pretty situational. Um, uh, you, that's a cop out. You're copping out. Is, if I had to, if I had to pick one, I've definitively picked one. You know that Max Kellerman uh, scene where he's like, "Martian being pointed at Earth. I want Igudala." Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going. I would what do you go, want? I am better at efficiency. So I would hope efficiency matters more. All right. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. So I was about to say efficiency. I was Efficiency is so great, man. If you could just streamline a process. It's like math, right? If you're efficient at math, you just churn out work product. But somebody has to come up with that system to become efficient. Efficiency isn't had without having the creativity to create the system to streamline a product, and think about how what are what are society values. There's nothing. Uh, I'll say basketball is kind of a game of efficiency. Okay, sports might not be the best example. Sports get, but it's, sports is still an art. It's an art form, and you got to be creative. Like when we're talking about how a quarterback has to see the foot the football field. It's the same thing with a point guard. You know, Kyrie LeBron still has. Yeah, you have to be creative. And in in life, wh- who are the people that wh- once they cr- they reach the pinnacle of their career, get paid the most, man? An artist, when you look at those stupid paintings that don't make any sense, <laughs> but the artist is just so creative that their painting is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and it looks like something that he didn't even try on. Or <laughs> musicians, how much musicians get paid. And they're so creative with their songwriting, their the inflection in their voice, their musical skills. 
playing whatever they're playing guitar just electronic stuff i th- i truly believe creativity is more important than efficiency it just and it literally just came down to me thinking like i think society values creativity more i think being creative is harder because somebody has to be creative enough to come up with the equation to make something efficient I think I would agree with that with that stance, and I think the one of the one of the better examples I personally have is through work. Right, I go through processes. Right, bam, 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 and then I was sitting at work the other day. I'm like, if I just create this report daily, it cuts out like twenty minutes of brain power that I have to use. And that creativity helps me become more efficient. Exactly. The creativity, the efficiency stems from creativity. And think about it. You have, on a football team, we have to come up, we had to be, there was, we couldn't be efficient and make our team great. We had to be creative enough to come up with an offensive system. I had to come up with the defensive coverages. At what it was going to look like, the formations. You had the formations on offenses. The creativity is what really drives, not drives, but propels people to success, I think. Especially when you have to consider that works with personnel. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, t- working with others is never going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. That you, Some of them are going to want to be there. Some of them are not going to want to be there. What are you going to do about that when they're – want don't don't want to be there like how how are you going to overcome that is you can't be too efficient that they're just going to suddenly want to be there you know you got to figure it out you got to figure out the person figure out the puzzle and make it a positive even if it's not a positive to begin with and i think that is one of the biggest ways i've grown in the past two years is leadership positions dealing with people and being creative in figuring out different ways to handle similar situations with different people. Yeah, that's 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 big. That's a big life skill right there, learning how to be one with others, just not not just others, just being a member of society as as marines, you know. I think you know, the image not the a marine should strive to be that 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 picturesque version of a marine in society, right? Like you want to be that recruiter that is bringing the community together, that's raising the the kids into better men and women. And when you, it, it'll never go out of style, and it will always be appreciated if you have those characteristics. Hundred percent. That is one hundred percent, as Matthew just said. Keep it a hundred. Anyways, keeping it a hundred. Is is there is there anything else you want to get on record before we we wrap up the uh, episode one of the Stellar Pod? I think the this first was... episode. I think this is a good, definitely a good place in the Stellar Podcast. And we can freaking Realm. build off of it. I'm going to need you to repeat that. Sorry, I was uh, I was trying to talk <laughs> over you. 
Hey, getting excited is never a bad thing. I I love excitement, and that that's what moves it forward. I think this is a great episode to start on and build off of it. And if you so deem that I'm invited back, I would love to be a part of it. You will be invited back. As a matter of fact, uh, Steven has already said he would like to be a part of it. I think Maui wants to be a part of it. Ethan might want to hop on. Uh, John, he, he was sent a little... He might be intrigued. They might even have some ideas to better the podcast. I think they they want to see it go on YouTube. They wanted to get they wanted to get some clips, some real clips of us on there. So it's gonna. This is like you said. It was a great episode one. It was a great starting point. I like our chemistry. I like the flow of it. Like I mentioned at the beginning, unless that was the first take that got deleted, can't remember. But the flow is gonna be a big part for me. And you know, as we as as the team grows. As the podcast gets more advanced and gets bigger, hopefully we get some more, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called when I take pictures of people and all the data? More content. Hopefully we get more content. I want to see it get on YouTube. Uh, I'll definitely, when I drop this, I'm going to post it on all the social media platforms that I have and try to get my family to watch it and just, you know. Try to start trying to gather some form of a of an audience, and you know, in the in the future, you know, we'll we'll get onto different topics. I, I liked how I like where the conversation went today. We, you know, we'll get into uh, entrepreneurship eventually. We'll get into sports a lot more. Sports will be a very common theme. Uh, get into politics a little bit. Say some controversial things. Some ooh, things ooh, people ooh. aren't ready to hear. There are some feathers. Yeah, but I like it. Matthew, thank you for uh, being my first ever guest on the first ever episode of Stellar Pod. We still, I still need to generate some Stellar merch. What do you think about, because originally the merch was going to be a Stellar Space, but I kind of like Stellar Life. I think that might be better. What do you, what do you, what do you think about that? I think you just got to do it and see how it goes. I think... If you design a shirt or whatever it is and put it on a website, you can kind of start the pre-bidding before you ever have to put any money into it. I think the lowest startup cost is good. Get the concept out there, get the demand, and then the rest will come. So what what I'm probably going to do is I'm going to just do a pre-order for guys like me and you. I, I th- I, I'm going to probably do it. I think I'm going to go because I don't got the website yet. I'm not talking about mass production right now. I'm still – I'm talking about getting those one-offs for like the, the the people around me on the ground floor of this thing, right? Like, And I, I still OG. I told him I'd get him a shirt for making the Stellar Photography logo. So I think I, I like Stellar Life better – because everything, everything has a different name. So it would be kind of weird if Stellar Space was my clothing brand and my holding company. So I think it would be better. The The fashion would be Stellar Life. I think it would look better. It sounds better. It's more joyful. And also, it would definitely be yellow. Do you remember my, my shirt, my shirt uh, psychology idea to sell merch? I, I thought that was a great idea. I do. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought yellow was for joy, and I think Stellar Life just sounds so joyful. It just sounds – it's the kind of brand that I would want to push forth in the fashion sense. So, yeah, Stellar Life it is. I'll get, I'm going to get – you know, as this ball is rolling again, you know, Stellar Space just took an amazing first step. 
one small step for man and one giant step for AB Stitt. Uh, we will get, I will get the freaking shirt game underway. And hopefully by December, I'll get everybody their Stellar Life shirt. And that will be the first little ripway, ripples I make across the waves of Okinawa, putting Stellar Space, Stellar Life, and Stellar Pod on the map. Close it out. What's your closing? All right. That that's the closeout. That's it. Oh. All right. Have a we we had a good one. We're gonna close yeah. it out right here. All right. Okay. Nice and strong.